0: that's join com. brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain
1: Hello, I'm Eliza and welcome to another episode of Leave the Lights On. I hope you are having a wonderful week. If you're new here or haven't done so yet, please go check out the show's website, lightsonpod.com. There you can find out more about the show, helpful resources, and get caught up on the latest episodes. On June 7th, 2021, Alex Murdahl came home and found his wife, Maggie, and youngest son, Paul, shot to death on their family's estate. The murders of the two Murdahl family members shocked the community. But the investigation into their death led to a series of twists and turns and an ending no one saw coming. So join me and let's look into the Murdahl mysteries. Before we get fully into this week's episode, I do want to give you guys a heads up. I'm in the process of moving, which means that my office has been completely redecorated to the bare minimum. This means that there aren't very many soft surfaces for the sound to get absorbed into. So there may be a possibility that the audio might not be the best quality, that you have come to recognize in the past. I do want to apologize for that and just bear with me as I go through this transition and hopefully together we will come out all fine and hunky-dory in the end. But with that being said, let's start the show. On June 7th, 2021, agents with the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division responded to a late night 911 call saying that two people were dead at a residence in Islandton, South Carolina. Margaret Maggie Murdaugh, 52, and her son Paul Murdaugh, 22, were found dead on the 1,770-acre property, where the family had a hunting lodge. The 911 phone call came from Maggie's husband, Alex, then 53. Murdaugh told the 911 dispatcher, This is Alex Murdaugh at 4147 Mossell Road. I need the police and an ambulance immediately. My wife and child have been shot badly. Authorities arrived to find a gruesome scene. Paul and Maggie's bodies were found outside the residence, relatively close to each other, on the ground near a dog kennel. It appeared that both had sustained multiple gunshot wounds. It was overkill. Two different weapons shot multiple times when one shot would have certainly done the job. Dr. Michelle Dupree, a retired forensic pathologist and detective, told Oxygen. The murders of the two Murdoch family members shocked the community but the investigation into their deaths led to a series of twists and turns and an ending no one saw coming. In order for us to fully understand the magnitude of this case, we first have to look at who Alex Myrtle was. Alex Myrtle was the sentient of a well-connected legal family in South Carolina. Over the course of three generations, his great-grandfather, grandfather, grandfather, and father all served as the top prosecutor for a five-county region in the state. Back when my great-grandfather was sharecropping and picking cotton for people, a Murdoch was already a millionaire, prosecuting people, says attorney Justin Bamberg. Alex Murdoch was the fourth generation of Murdochs to attend Columbia, South Carolina, and the fourth Murdoch to play football for the Gamecocks. It was here where Alex met his wife, Maggie, in undergrad. They married in 1993 while Alex was a law student. Alex and Maggie's first son, Richard Alexander Buster Murdoch Jr., was born in 1996. Paul came three years later. The family made their way back to Alex Murdoch's hometown in Hampton County, and the young lawyer made his way into the family business. He became a partner at Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Ellsroth, and Diedrich, or PMPED. The firm was founded in 1910 by his great-grandfather, the first Randolph Murdoch. For years, Alex Murdoch's salary appeared to provide a sun-soaked, sportsman's lifestyle that could only be set in South Carolina's low country. These parts are mostly farmland or former farmland. Fewer than 20,000 people live in Hampton County. Savannah, Georgia is the closest big dot on the map, and that city is about an hour's drive from Hampton. Pines grow thick here, and the oaks grow tall. Wild hogs trample paths through the woods and river snakes through the marshes. Recreation means hunting rifles, pickup trucks, and boats. The Murdochs owned at least five watercrafts. They kept a beach house on nearby Ediston Island and Murdoch co-owned three wooded tracks amid the waterways of Beaufort County, according to property records. They enjoyed a river house folks called Murdo Island. The Murdos also had shares in exclusive hunting club. They organized duck and deer hunts on their land, inviting friends and allies and anyone who might be either in the future. And Maggie Murdoch was the always generous and energetic lady of the house. Their 1,770-acre homestead is a white mansion tucked behind a brick gate and a tree-traced path. Trucks kicked up dirt on the drive. Tractors chugged in the field. The Murdos kept a walk-in deer cooler, stocked with natural light beer on the property, too. Anyone was welcome to grab one after a hunt. That included Paul, a student at the University of South Carolina, and his underage friends, according to allegations in a civil suit deposition. Paul Murdoch was an avid hunter. He kept licenses to hunt deer, turkey, and waterfowl. He fished and he boated. He liked to be out on the water. In 2019, a late-night joyride would upend his idyllic life on the Murdoch compound. On February 23, 2019, Paul borrowed his father's boat to go to a house party and oyster roast on a nearby island. The 19-year-old bought booze at a gas station with his older brother's ID before meeting up with five friends that evening. They partied through the late hours of the day. On the way to the Murdoch River house, the teenagers stopped at a dock in Beaufort. Two of them, including Paul, pumped into a local bar for shots. Surveillance video near the dock captures the teenagers meandering back to the boat at 1.12 a.m., some were staggering and others were holding hands. At 2:26 a.m., one of the teens dialed 911. Their boat had slammed into wooden pilings in front of Archer Creek Bridge near Paris Island. The caller, Connor Cook, broke his jaw in the crash. A young woman, Mallory Beach, was missing in the dark waters. The following is a clip from the 911 call. I must warn you, there is some strong language, so just be prepared.
2: What bridge is Paul, what bridge is this? I don't what the fuck she 911, where's your emergency? Hello? Please fire any of us. Hello? We're in a boat crash on Archer Street. Where where about on Archer Street? In Archer Street. The only bridge on Archer Street. Archer Street? Archer's Creek. Archers, Archers, Creek. Archer's Creek. Archer's Is Creek. Paris. Island. Okay. What's going on? It's Harris Island. Right. What what's going on? We we're in a boat crash. You know what? What kind of a a boat crash? A, a boat? Did you say a boat crash? A boat crash. Okay, so you're at oh, are you at the dock. Hello? Are you are you at the dock? No, we just crashed in a boat. Okay. Are you in the water? or Are you? we're, we're in the boat. We have someone missing. Okay, okay. Hang on one second, okay? All right, Bob. Archer's Creek. Archer's Creek, correct? Paul what, is this, Paul, what is this bridge called? Okay, where, How far? <laughs> Someone. Uh, no, I'm We're going, We're coming. Okay. See. Well, how far off shore are you? In the in Archer's Creek. Right. How far off? The only there's only one bridge in Archer's Creek. Uh, are you by the bridge? There's the only one bridge in Archer's Creek. <laughs> No, well, who's that in the background? There's, there's six of us and one is missing. Okay, there's six, but one is missing. So six? Do you guys do they have life jackets on? Yes, ma'am. We have, we have more than enough life jackets, but we're on the bank. Say, so what missing? Who's missing? Uh, female Mallory Beats, is missing. Okay. it?
1: Her body would not be found for seven days. Emergency personnel searched for Mallory while her friends were transported to the hospital, and Alex Murdaugh arrived not long after that. He did not stay in his son's room. He talked to or attempted to talk to the boat crash victims, according to police interviews with hospital staff. A nurse overheard Alex Murdaugh tell Connor Cook They were going to figure everything out. Before Alex Murdoch left the hospital room, he had one more thing to say to Connor Cook, according to an allegation in a civil suit. Keep your mouth shut. Two years later, Paul was awaiting a trial on three felony counts relating to the crash. One count of boating under the influence causing death and two counts of boating under the influence causing great bodily injury. Paul Murdaugh, the sixth generation of Hampton Murdaugh's, would face a judge from the other side of the courtroom. He was not the first Murdaugh defendant. He would not be the last. He pleaded not guilty. The Beach family filed a wrongful death suit against Alex Murdaugh and other parties. The court scheduled a related hearing for the second week of June, but the hearing never happened as Paul was shot seven days before the hearing date. But this wasn't the first time a murder was tied to a death. As investigators began gathering information in regard to Paul and Maggie's double murder, they found information that led them to open an investigation into the death of Stephen Smith. Smith was 19 when he died in 2015. He graduated the year before from Wade Hampton High School in Hampton County. In his senior yearbook, the straight-A student declared he was most likely to become a medical physician or rule the world. Buster Murdahl, Alex's eldest son, and Stephen Smith were classmates. After high school, Smith enrolled in the nursing program at Orangeburg Calhoun Technical College. It appears Smith's car ran out of gas while he was driving home from night classes, and he decided to walk the rest of the way on the last day of his life, according to police reports. He is buried some 50 yards from the county road where his body was discovered the morning of July 8, 2015, He died of blunt force trauma to the head, police records say. The South Carolina Highway Patrol led the initial investigation into Stephen's death. They investigated the death as a hit and run, but later determined that there was no evidence to suggest he was struck by a vehicle. The circumstances surrounding Smith's death remain undetermined. All officials will say today is that they found some detail in their investigation into Maggie and Paul's deaths that prompted them to look at Smith's death with, quote, fresh eyes. The announcement prompted more questions than answers. A few months after his death, Stephen's mother, Sandy, spoke to the Hampton County Guardian. She said she thought he might have been killed for being gay. It doesn't matter what his sexual preferences were. He was still my son and he was not messing with anybody and was going to school to better himself, she said. According to police records, officers heard the names of several possible suspects during their initial investigation of Smith's death six years ago. But they heard one name more than others, Murdaugh.
0: That's joinmidi.com.
1: Rumors amplify quickly in a quiet place like Hampton County. Those locals who stay work alongside the people they sat next to in classrooms. They recognize the faces in the pews on Sunday, and it's hard to find anyone anywhere around Hampton County who doesn't know a Murdaugh. They were so connected to police that when interviewing a woman about Stephen's death, an officer made a point to tell them he did not know the Murdaugh's. And this is according to an audio recording of a state trooper interview. And when the Murdaugh's boat crashed and Paul was thrown into Archer's Creek, at least one officer who knew the Murdaugh's responded to the 911 call. The following is taken from the deposition of Michael Brock a former South Carolina Department of Natural Resources officer who responded to the scene of the boat crash that killed Mallory Beach in 2019. Attorney, were you actually pulled off the investigation? Brock, I was. I was put into an assisting role. Attorney, okay, so you put them on notice that you knew, first of all, which families did you know? Brock, I knew the Murdoch family. On September 4th, 2021, just 90 days since Maggie and Paul's homicides, Murdoch noticed a low tire indicator light and pulled over on Old Scalhatchee Highway, a country road in Hampton County. A man driving a blue pickup pulled up behind him and asked him if he had car troubles. As soon as Murdoch replied, he was shot in the head. A passing vehicle called 911 but didn't stop, told the dispatcher that the man next to a black Mercedes SUV on the side of the road looked fine other than the blood. Murdo suffered a laceration to his scalp, a small subdural hemorrhage and a skull fracture, according to hospital records released by his lawyers. Speculation surged would want Alex Murdaugh dead. Could this shooting have something to do with the other murders? Is the killer targeting Alex now? It took 48 hours for another revelation to trigger even more questions, even more confusion. On September 6, Murdaugh said he was entering drug rehab after a long battle that has been exasperated by these murders. I have made a lot of decisions that I truly regret, he said in a statement. Then the next day, the family law firm PMPED revealed Murdoch resigned from his position the day before the shooting. They discovered Murdoch misappropriated funds and alerted law enforcement, according to a release from the firm. This was the beginning of Murdoch's downfall. About a week after the shooting, Murdoch started talking. He was in treatment for opiate addiction at a rehabilitation facility. On September 13, Murdoch told his attorney he'd been lying, and now he wanted to tell the truth. Murdoch said he arranged his own shooting so Buster, his surviving son, could collect his $10 million life insurance policy. He asked Curtis to be the trigger man, according to Smith's arrest warrant. Smith is a former logger who lives a county over from Hampton. He got hurt. He became a handyman and did odd jobs for the Murdoff family, according to Smith's lawyer. Smith denies he was a willing participant in Murdoch's plot. In a Today Show interview, Smith claims he did meet him on Old Skillahatchee Highway, but only because Murdo, someone he thought was a friend, called and asked him to. He arrived to discover a man on the brink of suicide. He tried to wrestle the gun away from Murdo. That's how it went off, Smith said. I didn't shoot him. I'm innocent. If I'd have shot him, he'd be dead. He's alive. Dick Harpootillion Murdoch's attorney appeared on the Today Show the day after Smith's arrest. He said Murdoch did not kill Maggie and Paul. He affirmed the accusations that Murdoch converted some client in law for money for his own use, and he spent most of that on opiates. The Saturday morning that he was shot, Murdoch stopped taking opiates and realized that things were going to get very 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 bad and he decided to end his life harputilian said he said he expected his client to be arrested at any moment alex murdaugh would be charged with insurance fraud conspiracy to commit insurance fraud and filing a false police report murdaugh was no longer just a victim and another case entangled in a different conspiracy, was already beginning to gather. Another death from Murdoch's past was coming into focus. The investigation would reach the front steps of the Murdoch home. It would be announced the day before Murdoch's first arrest. Gloria Satterfield was Hampton born and bred. She loved kids and tennis. She never tired of laughter or the color purple. She was a people person, the never-met-a-stranger kind. For 20 years, she was also the housekeeper for Alex Murdoch. She raised his son. Her obituary lists the Murdaughs among those who survived Shatterfield, those who she loved as her family. She died on February 26, 2018, after falling at the Murdochs' home, Alex Murdaugh told her sons that the 57-year-old tripped over the dogs and tumbled down the stairs. The attorney general's office says she died weeks later from complications from a traumatic brain injury. Her death certificate listed the cause as natural, so the county coroner did not perform an autopsy. Alex Murdaugh approached her family after Gloria's funeral and offered to make sure her family was taken care of, according to court documents. Murdoch said he would help the Scatterfields bring a wrongful death suit against himself and his insurance would pay them a settlement. Gloria was proud of her association with Alex. He was the sentient of a legal dynasty, after all. Portraits of his father, grandfather, and great-grandfather hung in her hometown courthouse. Alex Murdoch was a respected lawyer in his own right. He worked on civil suits, slip and fall accidents, complaints about faulty medical devices, and car crashes. Gloria trusted Alex Murdoch. Her sons decided they would too. They agreed to pursue the wrongful death suit. Murdoch introduced the Scatterfield sons to Corey Fleming, says a civil suit. Fleming, a lawyer, could help the sons bring a lawsuit against him, Murdoch said. Fleming is Murdoch's college roommate, friend, and Paul Murdoch's godfather. Fleming secured a settlement in 2018. The sons didn't see a dime. They didn't even know their case was resolved. They read about the settlement in one of the thousands of stories written about the Murdoch family in 2021, according to a civil suit. On October 19th, 2021, Murdoch appeared at his bond hearing. Investigators laid out his charges. They believe Murdoch is responsible for diverting more than $3.5 million of settlement money from his longtime housekeeper's heirs to his own bank accounts. He had been carrying a $100,000 credit card balance for months that gets paid off says Creighton Walters, chief attorney of the state grand jury division of the attorney general's office. He writes 300 and some odd grand to his father. He writes a check for 610 grand to himself. He writes a check for 125 grand to himself. And not a dime goes to this family back here. In the next three months, the attorney general's office filed indictments on dozens of additional charges, alleging Murdoch engaged in a pattern of theft and fraud from the law firm and multiple clients beyond the Scatterfield family. At the October hearing, Murdoch's lawyers said their client's severe opiate addiction is the root cause of his turmoil. The Alex Murdoch, who is not hooked on drugs, has lived a good, fruitful life and a law-abiding life, said Jim Gaffin, one of his lawyers. Only when he got hooked on opiates did things turn south, and he truly regrets his conduct. Murdoch's attorneys Dick Harpoutillion and Jim Gaffin later stood at a podium, brimming with microphones near the sidewalk at the courthouse. They took questions from dozens of reporters. Some of the questions and their answers were the same ones that had been repeated for months. Harpootillion denied Alex Murdoch had anything to do with his son's and wife's murder. He wouldn't comment on whether Murdoch admitted to them that he stole the Scatterfields' money. He said Murdoch was not involved in the deaths of Scatterfield and Stephen Smith. SLED opening cases into their deaths in recent months was merely a matter of the agency buckling to public pressure, Harpootillion said. As of July 25th, Alex Murdoch faces 74 charges and three charges carry a total combined sentence of more than 730 years. The charges are related to the alleged botched suicide-for-hire plot, the Gloria Scatterfield case, as well as an alleged pattern of theft and fraud. Alex Murdoch stands accused of defrauding victims of more than $8 million. He has not entered a plea on any of the charges. He is named in seven ongoing civil lawsuits as well. Murdaugh has denied civil liability in response to the Beach family wrongful death suit and two other personal injury suits related to the boat crash. It's important to note that at this time, Murdaugh has not been charged with the deaths of Paul and Maggie. Murdaugh remained behind bars in Columbia, South Carolina at the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center he is being held on a $7 million bond. The family law firm announced it dropped Murdoch from its name in early January. A South Carolina Law Enforcement Division spokesperson would not provide details on the status of the ongoing investigations into the deaths of Maggie and Paul, Stefan and Gloria Scatterfield. Dick Harbutillion, attorney for Murdoch, declined to comment because it is a pending matter. Murdoch spoke for the first time in a courtroom during a virtual hearing in December. I want to repair as much of the damage as I can and repair as many of the relationships I can, he told the judge. According to Scatterfield attorney, Eric Bland, Alex Murdoch has agreed to pay the family $4.3 million, pending court approval. Corey Fleming settled his suit with the Scatterfield family, agreeing to pay back the fees he received as part of the wrongful death settlement. His license to practice law in South Carolina has also been temporarily suspended. An online grassroots campaign raised $25,000 to pay for a graveside memorial headstone for Stephen Smith, a scholarship in Smith's name, and any family expenses. Reporters made multiple attempts to interview members of the Murdoch family, including through spokespeople for the family law firm and a public relations firm that has released statements on the behalf of the family. But no new interviews have been granted at this time. At the time of this recording, Paul and Maggie's death remain unsolved. There is still massive speculation that Alex Murdoch had a hand in it, but there is no concrete evidence linking him to the case. Theories range from Maggie finding out about his embezzling endeavors and therefore Murdoch felt he needed to kill her. But then that doesn't explain why he killed Paul. Another theory is that a former unnamed client of Murdoch who felt they were wronged took the revenge on Murdoch by killing his wife and kid. This seems like a more likely theory, but again, there is no concrete evidence to verify it. For now, we will have to wait for answers as the investigation is ongoing. If any new information pops up, I'll definitely let y'all know. But this is where we will end things for this week's episode. If you like the work I'm doing, then show some support by leaving a five-star review on Apple or sharing the show with people you know. Before I sign off, I want to give a shout out to our top-tier Patreon members, Catherine, Jonathan, Shelley, and Victoria for supporting the show, and thank you to my other Patreon members for supporting me as well. If you want to hear your name forever immortalized in audio, then consider becoming a Patreon member. Membership starts at a dollar a month and gives you access to ad-free episodes as well as bonus content, including my mini episode series called Dark Tales. That is where I read scary stories in chapter form. Already, I have chapters one, two, and three out, so please go listen now. To sign up, go to lightsonpod.com, click the support tab, and then click on Patreon. Link is in the show notes. While you're on the internet, be sure to follow the show's social media. Stay safe, and remember, it's scary out there, so leave the lights on.